introduction, allow me to introduce it here for just a moment. Galatians 4, 8 through 11. I guess I should grab my Bible too. So we'll read that here in just a moment. You know, I wonder if you ever think about what it means to believe in God and to be a Christian and to have the help from the Holy Spirit. A photographer who was also a confirmed atheist, a photographer who was also a confirmed atheist, decided to go into the woods to capture photos of the fall foliage. It was a beautiful day, fall colors, birds chirping, a babbling brook and a gentle breeze rustling through the leaves. While stepping shots, the photographer heard a noise behind him, and he whirled around to see a huge bear coming through the, coming through the bushes at him, huge bear right behind him. He dropped his camera and ran. He kept running and running and looking behind him. He noticed the bear was gaining on him. He was so scared that tears came to his eyes. He ran faster, but the bear was closing in on him. He ran faster, yet he tripped over a root. Rolling over onto his back, the man saw the bear rise to his full height and raise a huge paw, and the atheist cried out, Oh God, no! And everything stopped. The birds stopped chirping, the brook stopped babbling, the gentle breeze stopped, and the bear froze with his paw in the air, just standing there like this, and um, only about three feet taller. And the man heard a booming voice say, Young man, for years you've doubted my very existence, but now that your life is in peril, you call my name to help you? Why should I do so? And the man thought for a moment, and he said, Yes, you're right. If you're God, then it would be hypocritical of me to become a Christian at this point in my life. But you think that you could at least make the bear a Christian for today. <laughs> and a booming voice was quiet for a moment and said, done. And everything started again. The birds started chirping, brook babbling, and gentle breeze rustling the leaves. And the bear slowly lowered his paw. Then the bear put his paws together and bowed his he massive head and said, Dear Lord, please bless this food we are about to eat. <laughs> In a comical way, but also a true way, uh, Christ does save us and we have a relationship with him and we can go to him in our time of need. Uh, John, Newton, John Newton had a time of need. John Newton, the writer of Amazing Grace, had a time of need. He had a time when, in the, while he's at a ship at sea in a storm, he, being a non-believer, a non-Christian, cried out to the Lord for help. And Jesus changed John Newton's life. Listen to uh, how John Stott talks about the story of John Newton. John Stott shares about the story of John Newton, the writer of Amazing Grace. He writes, he was an only child and lost his mother when he was seven years old. He went to sea at the tender age of 11, 11, and later became involved in the words of one of his biographers in the unspeakable atrocities of the African slave trade. He plumbed the depths of human sin and degradation when he was 23 on 10 March 1748, when his ship was in imminent peril of floundering in a terrific storm. He cried to God for mercy, and he found him. He was truly converted, and he never forgot how God had had mercy upon him, a former blasphemer. He sought diligently to remember what he had previously been. 
and what God had done for him. In order, in order to imprint it on his memory, he had written in bold letters and fastened across the wall over the mantelpiece of his study the words of Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 15. Thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt, and the Lord thy God redeemed thee. Thou shalt remember that thou was a bondman in the land of Egypt, and the Lord thy God redeemed thee. And by that, John Newton remembered how he was redeemed, how he was set free, how he was saved by grace. And of course, many of you, most of you, all of you probably know that great hymn, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see was blind, but now I see Christ changes all of us. He transforms us. The Bible uses the word in the New Testament where we get the word metamorphosis, the word of a caterpillar changing into a butterfly. That's how Jesus changes us. Jesus also keeps us from falling into sin as well. He protects us. And the Holy Spirit hopefully keeps us from going into certain sins. He changes us by his grace. Today we look at Galatians and we notice how Paul rebukes them for going backwards. They've experienced the grace of Christ. They've experienced the change from Christ. And they go backwards. They were saved and now they're going backwards. They were saved from paganism and saved from ritualism. And now they're going back to legalism. Legalism. We all like legalism, don't we? We like... We might say we don't, but we kind of do. We like defined rules and structures. And it's easy to serve those rules and serve those legalistic things rather than serving the Lord. Uh, Chuck Swindoll, I listen to a lot, and he's in a series called Grace Awakening. He wrote a book by that title, and uh, I believe it's in our library. If not, it's in mine. You can borrow it. And uh, he's preached this before, but he tells a true story, true story of a missionary family that went over to seas to serve in the mission field. And they ended up having to come back home all because of peanut butter. Peanut butter. When Chuck Swindoll was talking to the family and they told the story, they went over there when they had peanut butter. They liked peanut butter with their bacon and eggs and whatever else. And they thought nothing wrong with peanut butter. It's certainly not forbidden in the scriptures. Well, this particular community, which they didn't know about this, had this thing about peanut butter. And they had realized that you serve the Lord a lot stronger if you would get rid of peanut butter. And eventually they didn't know this, so they're having their peanut butter, and it just hurt their mission ministry, and they ended up coming back to the States all over a legalism, a legalistic standard about peanut butter. So think about that next time you have a peanut butter and honey sandwich or peanut butter and bananas. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ. And certainly things that are in the word of God, we still need to hold true to. We still need to hold true to. But we like to add our own legalistic standards. And that was what, that is what Paul was facing with the church of Galatia. And here they were saved and they were set free by grace. And now they're caught again, going backwards into ritualistic standards, legalistic standards, forbidding peanut butter and things like that. We're going to read that passage, and my theme is Paul rebukes the Galatians for their return to legalism. He rebukes the Galatians for their return to legalism. 
An application is this. Serve Christ and rest in his grace. Serve Christ and rest in his grace. Don't be a slave to anything or any one other than Christ. We are slaves to Christ. The Bible describes themselves as the, the New Testament uh, people would describe themselves as bond servants of Christ. Will, willing slaves of Christ. Not slaves to anyone or anything else. Let's read Galatians 4, 8 through 11. However, at that time when you did not know God, you were slaves to those which by nature are no gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how is it that you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? Verse 10. You observe days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that perhaps I have labored over you in vain. Stay there in your Bibles because we're going to continue talking about this this passage for a few minutes, but let me, I want to read it one more time because I want it to soak in. I want it to soak in. Paul writes, under the inspiration of the Spirit, however, at that time when you did not know God, a time before when they did not know God, you were slaves to those which by nature are no gods. They were slaves to rules and rituals and things that by nature are not even gods. Verse 9. But now that you have come to know God, now they've come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how is it that you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? Notice that in verse 9, you see that repetition of again, all over again. You're going backwards. Verse 10. You observe days and months and seasons and years. That's one way they're going backwards. Verse 11. I fear for you that perhaps I have labored over you in vain. In vain. Perhaps I have labored over you worthlessly. Perhaps I spent time with you building you up, appointing elders, building a church there worthlessly, in vain. I think verse 11, you see a little bit of Paul's heart. I fear for you. I'm concerned for you. Notice in verses 8 through 9, Paul rebukes them for going backwards. He rebukes them. For going backwards. In verse 8, Paul says that, at the, that they at that time did not know God. Paul's talking about a time when they did not know God. A time before he came to them, which we talked a little about last week. Before he came to them and declared the gospel to them. A time before they knew God. All of us had a time when we did not know Christ. We might have been little children. We might have been adults. We had times, a time when we did not know Christ as well. And the... Uh, Concern for each and every one of us, the application for each and one, every one of us as well, is that we don't go backwards as the people of Galatia were. We don't go back to that time before we, don't, before we knew Christ. We don't expect, it's, it's a tragedy when adults go back to being babies. Adults aren't supposed to go back to being babies. Adults eat steak and eggs and bacon and meat and babies are stuck on milk, you know, because they have to have that milk, Right? Adults grow up. You don't go back to being babies, to being children again. You're to be mature adults unless there's a tragedy of an illness that, that, that causes them to go backwards. Here's a church going backwards. They, they've, been, they've, been, they've heard the gospel. They've accepted the gospel. And they're going backwards. They're going back to being babies in the faith again. Immature believers again. Paul talks about this previous time. Paul, said, Paul says they, they were um, sons and daughters. 
This was before they were sons and daughters, before they knew God. You know, we as Christ followers are sons and daughters of the King of kings and Lord of lords. We are in the family of God, literally in the family of God, adopted into the family of God. And Paul refers back to a time when the Jewish people were living under the guardians or under the managers or under the tutors. In chapter 3, verse 24, and chapter 4, verse 2, Paul talked about the law, the Old Testament law, as a tutor or a guardian leading them to the faith, leading them until Christ would come. The law was a tutor. And if you recall from last week, we talked about a tutor. A tutor in their day and age was a harsh disciplinarian, a sharp disciplinarian, raising children in the Greco-Roman world. And so the law for us, the law for them, was a sharp disciplinarian leading them until Christ would come. They were under the law. The Jewish people were under the law. They were slaves to those which by nature are no gods. Now the Gentiles, the people of Galatia, were likely Gentiles. So they were not slaves to the law. They were slaves to paganism and the different pagan religions of their day. And they're going backwards. Christ has set them free. Why would they go backwards? Why go backwards? Paul says that they were slaves. They were slaves to either the law or to the the pagan world of the day. And now they're going backwards. Look at some passages. 1 Corinthians 8, 4, and 5. 1 Corinthians 8, 4, and 5 says, With regard to eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol in this world is nothing and that there is no God but one. If, after all, there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords. Paul's just saying, these idols, they're not even really gods. 1 Corinthians 10.20. 1 Corinthians 10.20. No, I mean that what the pagans sacrifice is to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be partners with demons. Galatians 4.3, we read that last week. So also we, when we were minors, were enslaved, enslaved under the basic forces of the world. Some translations say the elemental forces of the world. That's the past, sacrificing to idols, sacrificing to demons, being enslaved to the elemental forces of the world. But they've been set free. They've been set free by Christ. And now they're going backwards. Take note here, by the way, everyone is a slave to something. Even today, if you're not serving Christ, you're serving something or someone. They were slaves to paganism. In verse 9, there's a transition. Paul talks about how they used to be, but now there's a transition in verse 9. He says, but now, but now they know God. Or the, or the passage specifies, but now they are known by God. Known by God. Isn't that a big deal? It's not as big of a deal that we know God, but that God knows us. Being known by God. Don't miss this. God has saved us. He has intervened. So that we are known by him. Paul says that they're turning back to something that's weak and worthless. Notice those words he uses to describe it. They're turning back. They're going backwards to something that is weak and worthless. Why would they turn back to something weak and worthless? Why would we turn back to something weak and worthless? Because we also are saved and we grow up in our faith and we start being mature Christians and we go back. We have the same problem today. Colossians chapter 2, verse 20 says, If you have died with Christ to the elemental spirits of the world, why do you submit to them as though you lived in the world? You've died with Christ to these things. Why do you submit to them? Notice in this passage, the emphasis continues on enslavement. Emphasis on enslavement. 
Notice the repetitive nature continues. Paul says they want to get into these elemental things. These would be the Jewish law for Jews and the paganism for Gentiles. Paul says that they are enslaved all over again. All over again. They're back to the same old stuff. We must not go backwards in our faith. We must serve Christ and rest in his grace. We must not be a slave to anything or anyone other than Christ. We're going to come back to that. Notice in verse 10, Paul gives an example of how they're going backwards. How are they going backwards? Paul gives an example. Verse 10, they observe days and months and seasons and years. This is an example of how they're going backwards. They're going back to legalism. These Judaizers, which were Jewish Christians, and uh, forcing them to follow the whole law, these Judaizers are trying to make them follow this legalistic law, which Jesus had freed them from. So they're observing days and months and seasons and years. They're uh, observing the Jewish festivals and things which we're not slaves to anymore. Paul calls them to be free. I want to talk about some applications here. There is no salvation in legalism. We must only trust in Christ for our salvation. Our salvation is Jesus alone plus nothing. There's no salvation in days and months and years. We see that in verse 10. You must understand that our salvation is not attending Sunday worship or even taking communion, as much as I would love to tell you that it is. It's not. I only would like to tell you that it is because it would help make you be here maybe every Sunday. It's not. Our salvation is not in attending Sunday worship. We come to Sunday morning worship and Sunday school and other times of worship to give back to the Lord, to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, to praise Him, to exalt Him, to glorify His name. That's in response to our great and awesome salvation. We come to Sunday worship and Sunday school and small groups and all these other things to, to build up our relationship with Christ. We come to these types of things because we need Him. We need Him. Not because we're saved by these things. We're not saved by them. We're not saved by attending church on Christmas and Easter either, by the way. We do that because we want to worship Christ. Easter, I prefer to call it Resurrection Sunday, is about our salvation. Our, our, our Savior is risen. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he's risen, and I'll stop right there. I'm not going to sing it for you. We are saved by grace, and we want to worship the King. We're not saved by these things. We must not. We must not turn back to things which Jesus has delivered us from. We see that in verse 9. Jesus has saved us. Why turn back? Jesus is making us more holy. Why turn back? We are being sanctified. That means Jesus is making us holy, setting us apart for his purposes. Why turn back? Don't turn back. We all, we all are delivered from past sins. Don't turn back. And we all are being delivered for future glory with Jesus. We're all, we are all being delivered from current sins as well. Let Jesus deliver you. Don't turn back. Rest in his grace. And, you know, I, I have some applications here that are pretty generic. You all could plug in whatever application you have. There are things that hopefully God is working on all of our lives. All of us. Were you a slave to alcohol? You're free in Christ. Don't turn back. You are free in Christ. Don't turn back. Were you a slave to pornography? or lust, or envy. You are free in Christ. Don't turn back to that. Jesus has died to set you free from that. Don't go back to any of those enslavements. Were you a slave to drugs? 
You're free in Christ. Don't turn back. Were you a slave to self or being self-absorbed? You are free in Christ. Don't turn back. Were you a slave to materialism, affluence? You are free in Christ. Don't turn back to any of that. Were you a slave to fear, anxiety? You are free in Christ. Don't turn back. Were you a slave to another religion? Wicca, secret societies, Islam, Jehovah's Witness, Mormonism. You are free in Christ. Don't turn back to any of that either. Were you a slave to sports? You are free in Christ. Don't turn back. Jesus has set us free. Were you a slave to atheism? You are free in Christ. Don't turn back. Were you a slave to agnosticism? Agnosticism means people don't believe God can be known. Were you a slave to that type of belief? You are free in Christ. Don't turn back. Were you a slave to work? You are free in Christ. Don't turn back. We can worship any of these types of things, work, sports, uh, other religions, materialism, affluence, self, but we are free in Christ, and we don't need to turn back to any of that either. You are free in Christ. Don't turn back. We must understand that we all serve something, and we will serve Christ. We must understand that apart from Christ, we are a slave to sin and sinful ways. Apart from Christ, we are a slave to sin and sinful ways. We will not... Be slaves to anything other than Christ. I mean, that's an application. We ought not to be slaves to anything other than Christ. We must not be a slave to a political ideology. Guess what? You can serve that like a religion too, whether it's republicanism or libertarianism or socialism or democratism. I don't know if that's a proper word, but I'll go with it. And grammarians can get me later. We can be slaves to that too, political ideology. No, serve Christ alone. Politics isn't going to save America anyways. Only Jesus will save a country by saving one individual at a time. We must not be slaves to sports. We must not be slaves to materialism. We must not be slaves to knowledge. We must only be a slave to Christ. And that is an overarching application here. We must stay true to Christ and serve only him. Stay true to Christ and serve only him. Now, why would somebody go back to the same thing all over again? For example, listen to this one. In 1999, 25-year-old Christopher Miller was arrested after he forced employees into the back room of the Stride Right shoe store on Hooper Avenue in Toms River, New Jersey. After a 15-year sentence on Friday, March 21, 2014, Miller was released from Southwood State Prison in New Jersey. The very next day... Miller, now 40 years old, took a bus from Atlantic City to Tom's River and went to the same shoe store. Employees tell police that he entered the store and demanded cash, telling two workers to go to the back room. When the employees refused, Miller became agitated, took the cash register drawer, which had $389 in it. He then took the workers' cell phones and fled on foot. Police say he was found a few blocks away with the cash stashed in a gutter, in the phones, in a garbage can. This man did the same exact crime all over again. Tom's River Police Chief Mitchell Little speculated, maybe prison life is the only life he knows. And the only thing he could think of was getting back, was going back to the same store and doing the same crime again. Getting caught and going back where he was taken care of and told what to do and getting meals and shelter and everything else. He went to the same exact crime, got the same punishment all over again. But before we're too critical on him, we have the same problem. 
We've been saved by Jesus' blood, washed by the blood of the Lamb. We are free in Christ. I encourage you, I challenge you, I exhort you, live for Christ today. Rest in his freedom and be a follower of Jesus. I'd like to close this service in prayer before Steve comes up to lead the closing hymn. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for our freedom in you, our freedom from our sins. I thank you for your great and awesome grace. Sin had left a crimson stain, but you washed us white as snow. Lord, may we remember that, and may we serve you, may we follow you. Not because we're saved by works. We're not saved by works. We're saved by grace. Because the Holy Spirit lives within us, we let you live through us, Lord God. So we're not slaves to anything or anyone other than you. No, 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 we're not slaves to any of these legalisms or past sins. We just want to serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. Help us all to serve you as we go. In Jesus' name, amen.